in our present timeline, <laughs> marijuana is legal pretty much everywhere in the United States. Mm -hmm. Spoilers uh, for anyone who's listening to this later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoilers for any time travelers who is listening to this in the past. That's right. What's up, everybody? It's On Fire tonight with Josh and Tressa. We are here to talk about The Last of Us, Season 1, Episode 1. It's called When You're Lost in the Darkness. All right, so everybody, we are going to spoil the shit out of this. We're going to talk about everything that happens. So if you don't like things spoiled, this is your one and only warning. Pause this, watch that, come back, you're back. Hi. Welcome back. You played the video game, and I knew absolutely nothing about this show before watching the first episode. So I come at it as blank a slate as possible. I love this game so much. Yeah? Do you want to? Okay, let's dig the fuck in, because so excited. Aside from this first scene at in the 60s talk show, I'm pretty sure that wasn't in the game. I don't know why it would be. But I really loved it. It was beautiful. And that's like my favorite aesthetic. It sets the stage for everything. <gasps> it does. Yeah. So this talk show moment that happens in 1968, we have an epidemiologist played by that guy from the mummy movies <laughs> and sliding doors. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see sliding doors, but absolutely the mummy movie. Right. He's the nerdy guy that everyone hated. I <laughs> just woke up and took my Adderall and I shouldn't be drinking coffee right now. What's so going what's going on? Are you gonna explode on live stream? I I'm very excited and I'm full of energy. So <laughs> take it down a few notches. Okay, go ahead. Josh. <laughs> Anything could happen, folks. <laughs> We're flying without a net. Okay, so yeah, that guy, we've got Big Head from Silicon Valley. So the mummy guy, he is an epidemiologist, and his only concern is what if some fungi were to be able to live inside a human host? It would only have to mutate a little bit to be able to like survive at human body temperature. And then you would have a parasitic fungus, like puppet mastering a human body, conceivably. What if? So if global warming were to happen, which they don't even know about in 1968, what if the earth got hotter, fungi developed an ability to live at a higher temperature, and then a human host becomes an attractive place for a fungus to grow and perpetuate itself? Because it happens in the world of nature. Uh, there's a, a fungus that does that to insects. It happens. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. An there's a, there's thing. a thing in ants. And they talk about it. Mm -hmm. They talk about it and on this. So it's very possible. It, the, the world just needs to, you know, get a little bit warmer. And then it's it's we're done for. They're going to evolve. All right. So here's the thing. Just like mm -hmm. my two cents about this TV show. Mm -hmm. It is 95% children of men, 
and about 5% Island of the Mushroom people. I'm not familiar with either. Oh my god! Fuck you! Get out! (laughs) All right, Children of Men came out like a decade or more ago. Island of the Mushroom People, or Attack of the Mushroom People, or I don't know what the Japanese title was. It's like like a 60s Japanese low-budget monster movie where people get shipwrecked on an island and they eat these mushrooms and then the mushrooms take them over! Yeah! And it's like pretty fucking creepy, honestly. Like for like cheap, low budge like movies like that. It's got it's so, got an eeriness Josh, to it. Josh, what you're saying is the writers saw both of those movies and said, I have an idea and totally ripped them off word for word is what you're saying. Well, I'm not saying that like either of those were like completely original ideas either, because basically <laughs> the children of men is just like a Jesus story, like everything's a Jesus story. <laughs> I mean, literally everything's okay, a Jesus yeah. story. Star Wars right. is a Jesus story. Rock and Roll High School. Harry Potter, Malcolm X, like everything. Golden Child. Yeah, big time. Right. The Golden Girls. <laughs> Empty nests. <laughs> <laughs> Dear John. Taxi. Hold on, hold on a second. At least one of those shows had Joe Isuzu in it, right? The guy that got like the guy that got like amazingly famous based on an Isuzu ad, and it catapulted him to fame. All right, credit sequence. Next up, two thousand three. Right, it's modern times. We meet Sarah, who is a teenage girl. She's the daughter of Joel. Played by Pedro Pascal, who you know and love from MTV's Undressed. <laughs> what? Okay, first off, is that true? Second off, what is that? Yes, a show. <laughs> so, so Pedro Pascal, who's obviously famous for like a lot of stuff. He's the Mandalorian. He's the Red Viper. He's he like. Like, his list of credits is fucking endless. He's, he's ext- in The Unbearable Weight of Talent or whatever that movie's called with Nicolas Cage, which was amazing. Oh, Go shit, ahead. I haven't seen that. Well, all, all I'm saying is he's like a megastar. But before he was a megastar, like when he was just getting a start, he was on a show on MTV that's like late 90s, early 2000s. That's literally just like an excuse to show college age kids in their underwear. Ah! Right about the time this is taking place. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> he could have been. Sarah could have been watching that. Oh no! How <laughs> awkward. <laughs> That's my dad. Oh. Uh, all right. I just want to be there for that pitch of that show. Go ahead. So it's Joel's birthday. Like we hear something in the background. There's something going on on the TV news about Jakarta. We find out Joel and his brother Tommy, who he lives with are both construction workers and they've got work to do. We see Sarah go through his drawer before leaving for school. Grab some cash. And a, a watch. watch, yeah. Mm. The th- There are some neighbors next door. They're older and they have like a very elderly mom. The man is stuffing pieces of biscuits in that woman's face. Yeah, and she's... She's catatonic. She's cat. Yeah, she's non-responsive. Right. Joel, or possibly Joel and Tommy are both vets. We also, with the neighbors, 
it's been established that they uh, talk to Sarah on the regular. Like she goes over there, or she used to. She used to go over there all the time and just visit with the people. She, right. They're very friendly. They they know each other well. Very sweet. Sarah is such a sweet kid. Right. Like, like totally. Like uh, you're like this is obviously the star <laughs> of this show. I can't wait to watch her the rest of this series. Right? Like the trials and the tribulations that she will go through. She's going to have a great time. But you know what? Like she's smart and she's capable and Mm -hmm. I have faith. She's scrappy. She's going to make it through everything. Absolutely. We learned that it is September 26th in Austin, Texas. Keep Austin weird. <laughs> that they did. Yeah, go to Kirby uh, Lane. Get yourself some Kirby queso. Do what he said. That's that's like a little cafe type place where they have you know cheese with avocado and salsa, and it's it's a dip. It's queso. Oh, a little Tex-Mex. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we see she's just in school. She's bored. She's a teenager. Not a lot going on there. When she leaves, she gets on a bus. When she gets off, she's at, like, a jewelry watch repair place. It's just straight-up watches and clocks. There's clocks everywhere. TikTok. This is a fucking time motif. Wink, (laughs) wink, wink. (laughs) It's like some police cars roll by with their sirens on in the background. Mm, That's weird. The guy very quickly fixes the watch and she's paying him and the guy's wife is like we're closing we're, we're closed go go home and he's like i fixed it i fixed it and so like she gets the watch and goes and the woman is like go home she's she, very panicky yeah she's very panicky she was not mean she's just like i'm scared go home be safe bye sarah gets home and she walks up and in, uh, into the neighbor's house She's like, I'm sorry. They're like, oh, we were wondering where you went. We were worried. And she's like, I'm sorry. I had to pick something up for my dad. So, yeah. So we find out that these people are religious. But, like, the fact that they're religious isn't the real problem. It's the fact that they want to make raisin cookies instead of chocolate chip. (laughs) Fair. Like, why am I here? This sucks. (laughs) Yeah. She hates it for good reason. And then we see Sarah sort of perusing their DVD collection, and she asks to borrow one of their movies. As she is going through the DVDs, the elderly old, old lady is like seizing up the most movement she's done throughout the whole show. Yeah, she's twitching. She's, but here's the thing. She's not, like the focus is not on her at all. No. It's on it's Sarah. In it's in the background. And no one else on the show notices it either because she's not making noise or anything. And then Sarah leaves. And, Sarah leaves. And, and, and she notices. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. She notices what? I don't know what you're talking about. The dog is acting weird. As she walks home, which is just next door. A jet screams jet. overhead. Next it's night and Sarah's watching TV by herself. Yeah. And Joel finally gets home. And it's late. He it's said he was going to be home early. Yeah. Yeah. And it's his birthday. And he forgot to bring the cake. The fucking cake, dude. It's your own birthday. So Sarah's like, I got your present. So you have to promise to get the cake tomorrow. He's like, all right. Okay, definitely. I don't think he kept that promise. She gives him his own watch now repaired. And lets him know that he paid for it because she took his money. But then put the change back because she's Mm -hmm. an honest thief. (laughs) 
so adorable. Right? I'm so yes. invested in this character. I love her. I cannot wait to see her adventures. She's sweet, and I get why we will follow her for five to seven Absolutely. seasons. Absolutely. You cannot... I mean, they've based the whole show around it. Yeah, that's so good. They also, she presents the DVD of Curtis Viper 2, which also has the extra scenes on it. Yeah. Very exciting. She falls asleep and while he's watching the movie, and he gets Tommy a call. Yeah. The dialogue of this phone call is so goofy to me, because he picks up the phone, and then Tommy says, I'm fine. And he's like, Okay. I'm in jail. Ugh, you son of a bitch. I'm fine is how you answer the phone. I don't know what you're talking about. You're not here. I don't know what's going on. So he's in jail. Right. But obviously Tommy has already seen some bananas shit out there. Yeah. But like not totally bananas. Like the reason he's in jail is because he punched some guy out in a bar because he was attacking somebody else. He could have thought that was just one isolated incident. Totally. As, but he's also like, he's like, listen, it's Friday night. If you don't come get me, I'm going to have to spend the whole weekend in here. And it's a fucking madhouse here. Come get me. So, so Joel puts Sarah to bed and then she wakes up a few hours later to like weird lights strobing in her room. Yeah, helicopters green above. flashing lights from outside. Yeah, it's like a rave. And she goes <laughs> around. Awesome rave, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she walks around the house looking for Joel and she can't find him. The neighbor's dog, it like smashes up against the window and it's like, help me. Yeah, it's barking to be let in. There's like um, a test pattern on the TV and a national Ugh. alert thing. How terrifying is that? Just seeing that alone. And Fuck. and there are helicopters like patrolling. Yeah. Which that's that sucks. Yeah, especially in Austin. I'm sure that's not a regular thing. No, man. Matthew McConaughey bongos <laughs> naked. Famously in Austin, he's everywhere. Yeah, you got <laughs> Willie Nelson. <laughs> What's he doing? Smoking weed. Unless he's on the road again. <laughs> hey, if he's not driving, who's to say he's not doing both? <laughs> that's true. So... She goes to take the dog back to the neighbor's house and the dog will not go so much. So she's like dragging the dog and it wiggles out of its collar and runs away. So adios doggy. Yes, that's what she said. And because <laughs> she's cute. <laughs> and <laughs> she uh, she notices the front door is open to the neighbor's house. And uh, she's like, huh, that's weird. I'm going to go investigate. The rug is all disheveled. She hears noise in the back towards the kitchen. She goes to investigate. She sees a trail of blood and is like, what? Looks up and the man of the house is leaned up against the back door, bloody, asking for help. She steps just a little bit closer and sees the old, old elderly woman like sucking on the other lady's neck. And the other lady, she's just like, twitchy and she's gone yeah she's face down cannibalizing the second of these two bodies yeah she slowly gets up and she's got crazy tiny tendrils coming out of her mouth is that what's coming out of her mouth i, uh -huh. I thought it was like uh maybe the hair from 
Okay, got it. It was like mixed in with the hair because her hair was right there, but she had tendrils coming out of her mouth. You got to watch with audio description. It's so much better. Oh, okay. Yeah, but also, I want to talk about the zombies in this show. Yeah, 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 definitely. In the game, I really did not like them because they seemed way too weird. From the clips I've seen of stuff that happens in the future, they go and they do get way too weird for me. But this progression where it's just people with weird shit going on, I fucking love it so much. It's semi-plausible and it's gross. Right now, I love these zombies. Later on, I don't know if I'm going to think that. I mean, I, all I see is Island of the Mushroom People, where basically people like slowly turn into toadstools. But it's but it's great. Uh, like, like from I, Mario? I was a little kid and it creeped me out even though it, it should have been laughable. Right. Like it's is both because it's like you see these people getting like they lose their humanity. Mm. Okay, mm. so anyway, Sarah runs and right then Joel and Tommy drive up in their truck. The old ladies right behind her chasing her yes this woman who could not move or speak or anything before is fucking running mm-hmm. and joel kills her with like yeah. he, he hits her with what is he holding he's holding a wrench and he just knocks her the fuck out yeah sarah's like you just killed her and he's like i'm i'm sorry because what do you do in that situation right you don't know what's going on she's traumatized yeah and he's like, I had to, and I still don't understand why. Right. <sighs> so they get into the truck. They drive for the highway. There's like cop cars passing in the other direction. They pass a couple stopped with a young child, and they're like, forget it. We've got a child too. Someone else will yeah. help them. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to help them. There's backed up traffic on the highway and they're like, okay, just pull off. Off-road it. Off-road it for sure. And they're like, cool, we'll just keep going and we'll catch the highway later after this mess. But they can't because there's a military barricade. Yeah, there's like the army's blocked it off and they're like, okay, so we'll head south to the Mexican border, I guess. Yeah, they don't know where they're, no one knows what they're doing or where they're going and Sarah's like what if there is nowhere to go what if it's like this everywhere fair question Sarah yeah they're talking about like oh this is like some sort of disease from the cities or something yeah and so I guess I mean Austin is a city Austin's the capital of Texas (laughs) so I'm not sure maybe they live in the suburbs because that was my only guess suburban sprawl I guess yeah but okay so anyway the like a 747 Flies Three of them. really low overhead. Like you could hit him with a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. There's there's like chaos in the street, probably near where we would assume Kirby Lane might be if this were yeah, actually it's... shot there, which almost certainly was not. <laughs> no, it's all Canada. But, you know, the cute little movie theater and, you know, the, the, the pedestrian part of town where you can look at cute little shops and stuff. Right. So like all those cute shops and like the mm-hmm. fun nightlife and stuff there's people just running chaotically joe's and, like just drive through them just drive through them and he's and, like hey i can't hit people i'm not gonna drive through okay go back go back go back they're driving backwards sarah's like dad 
dad. And then a huge plane crashes right behind them. Shrapnel flies towards them. It wrecks the truck. It flips it over. Yeah, everyone goes black. They come to the truck has been flipped over. Sarah's ankle is busted. Like they're all busted up in various ways. Right as they're trying to figure out what to do, like another car just crashes in flames, separating. A cop car. Not just Was it a cop car? Yeah, it was a cop SUV. Okay, so I love that because, you know, like in the Blues Brothers, they crash like (laughs) cop cars. And that's like so awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the more cop cars you crash, that's great. You know, I thought you were going to be like, it's so great because you know it's full chaos because when the cop cars are crashing. But no, you like it because the Blues Brothers. That's great. So <laughs> as you were going to say, it separates Joel and Sarah from Tommy. And Tommy like peeks through the wreckage and he's like, just meet me at the river. Go. Yeah. And so like, so Joel's carrying Sarah because of her injuries and like Mm -hmm. he's like don't look at anything other than me just close your eyes or look at me and nothing else and he sees there's cannibals like feasting or what looks to be cannibals like feasting in the carnage on the street just yeah in the the depths of an alley they see just at least a dozen people some being feasted on some feasting And one of them pops up and sees Joel and Sarah and starts running towards them. For some reason, that is a very motivated zombie creature. Yeah, he's got food right in front of him. What's the problem? Totally. Like, you've got to... Yeah, you're eating dinner. (laughs) You're going to eat more dinner right now, dude? Wow. Just eat what's in front of you. One thing at a time. Somebody's eyes are awfully big. (laughs) That's right. So, so that guy running. chases them through like a diner. I have a problem with this right here. It's one of my least favorite things ever in horror or zombie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Joel runs through the back door of a diner and there's a good beat or two before the zombie runs through the door, which means he had plenty of time to close that door. And you know what he did not do? Close that door. So he's got this zombie on his ass right now, and it's going way faster than Joel is. Yeah, these are some sprinter-level zombies. To the point where he, like, jumps around like he's an animal and starts running on all fours. It was wild. Yeah, oh, also, like, the old woman was moving kind of crazy on all fours to, like, at some point, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Old lady zombie was great. So anyway, that zombie gets shot down immediately by an army guy. And Joel is ordered to stand still with Sarah as the army guy, like, wires in. He's like, I've got two survivors. He's got a flashlight in Joel's face. There's nothing he can do. He's just got to stand there. He's trying to explain they're not they're not sick, they're not hurt. She right. just has a broken ankle. And the guy the on ar- the The army guy just orders them stand still. Like while he's while he's on the thing. He's like oh, He's talking to his superior and he's like, What? Uh, uh, all right. And he uh picks up his gun and aims it at Joel and Sarah and he's like, I uh, stay still or whatever. And Joel's like, no, 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 no. And We're not sick, we're not sick, we're not sick. Yeah. He uh, fires and Joel and Sarah tumble down a hill. Uh, The guy comes and he chases after him and he's like, no, 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 please, no, 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 no. And then the army guy gets shot. He's down. Tommy has killed him. 
he goes to get Sarah and she has a huge wound in her belly and she is not doing well. She's hyperventilating. She's, she's obviously in pain and freaking the fuck out. Yeah, she she has been shot. Joel's been slightly shot. He goes to pick her up. She cannot. She, it's too painful to even be picked up. And he's like, I'm sorry, I got to get you up. We got to get out of here. He's like, come on, you guys got to help me. Come on. And he's yelling for help from Tommy. And Tommy's like, Joel. And we look back and Sarah is dead. Sarah. Dead. So that's the end of this show. <laughs> Just kidding. I told you it was good, right? That's the first like ten minutes at most. Yeah, that um that scene, that whole first whatever in two thousand three, played out almost identically in the game, and it was fucking heartbreaking. This whole fucking game was so fucking good. And I, ugh, they did not pull punches in this game. Okay, so just, just like in Children of Men, because mm-hmm. Clive Owen, his character has also lost a child. The um, apocalypse that the world is facing in that one is infertility. Like people are. St- uh, incapable of having children anymore across the world. Wait, and are you thinking of Hell Comes to Frogtown? I don't know that one. <laughs> Roddy Rowdy Piper gets kidnapped by a city of women who just want him for his sperm. It happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. the Hot Rod. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so, boom, 20 years later. We see a ragamuffin child (laughs) stumble through the weeds to Boston, and the year is 2023. Does that look like the Boston you know and love? In no way, shape, or form. (laughs) The child gets to the gate of the perimeter of this quarantine zone, and some guards take him in. They They open like a big fortified gate. We see him in a wheelchair tied up. They push him through this one room with like PSA posters about what to do and how to tell if someone's infected. Right. Like there's different parts of your body. Like if you're infected here, this is how long you have. And if you're infected here, this is how long you have. So it it matters. Yeah. Those those posters have been there for a long, long time. They've seen better times. A woman soldier comes up to the little boy and she's like, Hey, we're just tying you up so you don't fall out of the chair. You look really weak or whatever. Uh, where'd you get this uh, this hole in your leg, this injury, or this cut? What's up with that? Kid doesn't say anything at all, ever. Right. This is basically like the kid from Mad Max, like all like, um, you know, <laughs> the, the hair's all matted and crazy. Um He's got coal smudges on his face. Street urchin smudges on his face. (laughs) He's picking pockets. and uh, The artful dodger (laughs) somewhere in the background. Right. So, yeah, uh, the soldier slash health professional Mm -hmm. is, like, calmly asking the kid questions while a second person 
runs exams on the kid with like a little tricorder thing. He shows her a red screen and she like smiles and nods and she's like, all right, we're gonna get you your favorite foods, get you some clean clothes, all the toys you could want. We're just gonna get you some medicine first. Yeah, and so like mm. they inject the kid and she's like, don't worry, you're safe. It's just a little needle. Cut to bodies being thrown into a burning pit. And Joel is one of the people throwing those bodies into the pit. A woman that he's standing next to sees the body of the kid that we just saw in the previous scene. And she's like, I just can't do it. It's too much. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. He carries the kid just like he was carrying Sarah. And he throws the kid on a fire. Okay, it's quitting time. Everyone's going to get their ration cards slash getting paid. And yeah. he's like, look, is there any other job? This fucking sucks. And he's like, well, you could do like street cleaning or which no one's doing that job apparently. Right, like or, there's, there's no, <laughs> what street cleaning has ever occurred in this fallen city? No, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Do those people, are they dead? Is that why you need those street cleaners? Because they've never done their job? Or you could work in the sewer. Joel's like, which one pays more? And The, the guy, one with the shit, dude. Yeah, and by the way, the guy that's like running this like jobs line or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. He's just got like a card table out in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. There's like nothing about, like he doesn't have an office. There's nothing mm. else official about him other than the card table. And yeah. he's, he's a little rubber stamp thing. Yeah. <laughs> we see that among the things that get paid for with ration cards, shoelaces. One ration card for shoe shoelaces, two for boot shoelaces. Yeah. We see there are a bunch of people standing on a makeshift gallows, or maybe it's not even a makeshift gallows. This is like a, a well-used gallows, probably. Uh-huh. Every day they probably use it. Yeah, they're about to get executed. The charges that are being read are for going into the quarantine zone. And we see behind, he's in North Square. So he's in the North End, which is the neighborhood I grew up in. Literally, literally, I can can tell you everything about this neighborhood. Well, they didn't shoot any of it there. Yeah, I know. But that's Uh, why I'm asking. Yeah. So (laughs) but it's interesting because they use real cross streets and other like landmarks. Of course. But then they also miss some nice opportunities (laughs) that they might have made better use of. Anyway, we see Joel make a drug deal. He's selling the drugs. Yeah. For what looks like cigarettes. Well, it's ration cards, and he was five ration cards short, so we gave him joints. Oh, I see. You need to listen with the audio description, bro. It's so good. And the guy in the audio description called them blunts. I'm like, those aren't blunts. Those are (laughs) joints, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. Okay, so like in in our present timeline, (laughs) marijuana is legal pretty much everywhere in the United States. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Spoilers Uh, for anyone who's listening to this later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, spoilers for any time travelers who is listening to this in the past. That's right, that's right, sorry. All right, anyway, yeah, so, Mm. yeah, he's trading hydro. So is that like... Hydrocodone? Oh, 
Because he won okay. at OxyContin. Right, 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 right. Okay. He's trying to get a truck to get the fuck out. Right. We learned and he that, has to that basically stuff get was, it in pieces. We learned that that stuff is made by some guy in the quarantine zone who makes two things, drugs and bullets. All right. And he's like, hey, stay off the streets for the next few nights. It's going to be crazy. The fireflies are everywhere. And we don't really care at this point. We, we're tired. We can't discriminate against fireflies and civilians. So just stay off the streets. Right. So like this guy who he has a fairly friendly relationship with, they at least are business associates. He's giving him a good warning. Mm-hmm. He's telling him like, we're going to make mistakes regardless. And the, by the, mistakes, I mean, we're we just going to shoot the wrong people and it's not going to matter. Not, yeah, we don't care if it's a mistake. Right. It, it might not be a mistake. Who so cares? fireflies are like a revolutionary force. I have taken to understand That's in this correct. episode. Uh-huh. Is there a full-fledged federal government for the United States anymore? They they refer to a thing called FEDRA. Right. I mean, I assume there's there's got to be. Is it still the United States? Oh, I don't know. Or I don't know. Is it some know. other thing? I hadn't really thought about it, so I don't even remember from the game. But it's definitely because they're this Boston... Maybe it's just like a Boston quarantine zone government that someone decided, I'm going to put this together and make it a fascist regime or whatever. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's playful to sort of name check Boston because it's like that is where like the American Revolution starts. So to have revolutionaries in Boston in this dystopian future, yada, yada, yada. We mm. get it already. <laughs> <laughs> so now we go to some like nasty basement room. And Tess has yes. been roughed up apparently over a truck battery that she already paid for. But Robert, her connect, took her money and mm-hmm. sold the battery to some other motherfuckers. And his guys just beat the shit out of her. She's got a swollen eye. She's bleeding out the mouth. And she's like, look, a bro, I don't care anymore. Just let me go. Shit happens. I'll just say that I got mugged. No one needs to know that you, your stupid ass idiot guys beat the shit out of me for no reason. It's fine. Just let me go. You can right. punish him. He's like, I want it to be as though this never happened. Great. Yeah. Let's do that then. Totally. And then there's an explosion and the wall completely blows out, killing one of those guys. Tess like shakes it off and is like, holy fuck, I got to get out of here. Right. Those other guys, like the other guys are just gone. Yeah. Dead. Are they dead or are they just gone? One of them, one of them was fully dead. He had, he was bleeding all over his head. His eyes were open. His mouth is open. I don't think Robert was killed there though. Oh no, no. Robert wasn't, but his, at least one of his guys was. She tumbles out into the street and there's like a burning Jeep right there. Yeah. Everything about Boston in 2023, (laughs) it's like, you know, whatever, whatever the world has gone through for 20 years, everything is on fire and it's hell (laughs) right now. Joel, everyone knows that in the apocalypse, everything's on fire all the time. Did you call me Joel? I did. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know that? Okay. I apologize. That's fine. You can my- call me Tess because it's so close. Oh my God. We could be Joel and Tess. So here's <gasps> the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Years ago, 
uh, I used to have this job where I would like regularly go in and work graveyard shifts and the security guards at the building were friendly guys and I would just like sign in with like a scribble and one of them called me Josh and one of them called me Joel and I was like it's not worth no correcting them to have a longer like I'm just gonna ignore I don't care and like because I'm sleepwalking into my job and I've got like 12 hours ahead of me like alone I just gotta like okay good to see you guys and like get up there and do my shit at some point they're on at the same time and (laughs) it's like an episode of Seinfeld because like (laughs) I keep avoiding the topic and then one day because like they often work together they're like hey is your name Josh or Joel or something else and then I just looked at them both and I ran out of the building (laughs) I decided that was the best answer wait were you just getting off of work when that happened I think so but either way I just decided like this is going to be funnier than whatever (laughs) I say I think you were correct (laughs) I want to hear the conversation after that. I, well, I, never, knew. I never knew. Yeah. Right. I never knew. Right. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> right. Okay. So anyway, Tess tumbles out into the street. There's a burning Jeep. Like mm-hmm. some shit's going down. There's a huge gunfight erupting between. All around. Apparently Fedra and the Fireflies. And we very clearly hear Nick Offerman's voice. From the rooftop. I did not realize that was Nick Offerman at all. I'm like and 90, I watched it twice. I'm 99% sure. Probably because we all know he's in this series. And his voice is like everyone's favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Apparently yours as well. So she's like, hey. I'm, I mean, uh, na- name a person <laughs> that does not love Nick Offerman's voice. Name a person. I can't. Yeah. I've you could never... search for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You're right. She's like, oh, I, no. Uh, she goes to the Fedra. She's like, I have nothing to do with this. I, I'm innocent. I, I'm not a firefly. I'm not. And she gets tackled and put in jail. Then we cut to a teenage girl who's chained up to a radiator. And someone <laughs> walks into the room with her and tells her, count slowly to 10. And stops her because she's counting quickly. No, count slowly. And deliberately. And she does. Yeah. What's your name? It's Veronica. People are going to come looking for me from Fedra. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. And then they just leave her. And you see, scrawled on the wall of the room that she's in, it just says, when you're lost in the darkness. That's okay. just That's just some graffiti on the wall. Yeah. Nice penmanship, too, as well. Joel cuts the entire line at the telegraph office is that a telegraph office here's what it is there's a huge line of people scrawling on little pieces of paper with red pens and joel's like fuck you guys fuck you guys fuck you guys goes to the room and it's a man who has basically been getting communications through ham radio with code i guess and He's just getting news from the outside world and all these people want to know from friends and family outside of the fucking quarantine zone what the fuck is going on with them or otherwise. Joel gives him this package of blunts. Yeah, they're not blunts. They're joints. (laughs) But sure. Uh Uh Sure. 
And he's like, so what's up with Tommy? This guy has the news. Right. If he's not on the radio, his wife or his son are on the radio. It's never left alone. They know what's going on. So Joel's been waiting for three weeks for a word back from Tommy, and he's never taken longer than a day. And he's like, well, this is fucking bullshit. I should go to the tower myself. The tower is in fucking Wyoming. Right. They're you know what are out there? There's infected out there. There's raiders out there. Uh, there are slavers out there. Yeah, I got to go out there. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives him a map. He's like, show me exactly. I'm going there. Joel goes home to his like shitty post-apocalypse apartment. Hey, that looks like a pretty okay place, I got to say. Like, he's got a lot of room. I mean, everything's... It's a studio apartment, and... I don't know what it is about the apocalypse, but nobody cleans their apartments in the apocalypse. It What's the nasty. point? <laughs> what is the fucking point? Decorum. Uh, just some sort of stability, anything to make it feel not uh, like a nightmare. Do you think that they have clean running water in this future? Uh, Windex, you don't need <laughs> Windex! <laughs> you, what the, what? <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, to be fair, my house looks like that right now, so I can't even judge, but still. He pulls up floorboards, and he's got a secret stash of, like, a little axe, some tools. I don't know what else he pulls out of He there. pulls out some maps. Ah, uh, yeah. It and seems like, weird to me that he has to hide all of these things. Like, I could understand having to hide the maps because, like, apparently... You have to stay wait. like within the city walls and like never leave ever for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But like, why do you have to hide just regular tools? Oh, I mean, how rare are tools going to be? You can't just go to the store and get more tools. If there's tools, I'm sure the government's like hand over all your tools. We need them more than you. Okay, that's interesting because the soldiers mm -hmm. have like totally clean looking uniforms and tactical gear and yeah. all, the, all that military shit looks brand new. That's the only thing that looks brand new in this world. Yeah, see, it's not impossible. <clears throat> you can still keep up appearances. Yeah, I don't know. Do you... um, okay, so there's, there's no Windex, guy... but you know what there is? There's whiskey <laughs> and he drinks it and he passes out. Yeah, he, he drinks it to wash down some pills, which I got to imagine are either hydrocodone or oxy. Well, either way, he has nightmares about Sarah dying. He does? Yeah. And at so, yeah, he's like haunted by nightmares. And we see someone comes home and gets in bed with him. And he wakes up and that someone was Tess. Oh, my God. Adorable. Two worlds colliding. <laughs> She's the one who is supposed to get the battery for Joel for the truck because he's trying to get the fuck out. So she explains her injuries by saying that she was jumped by some teenagers and that she was in federal lockup all day here i need you to brace yourself robert fucked us he sold our battery to someone else and he's but like he what the fuck our truck's no good without a battery she's like it's fine because he's terrified of you Let's just go fuck him up and he'll give us the battery. We just need to find Tommy. And so here's my plan. Tess has a plan. We're going to get the battery and the truck. And I told Robert that you wouldn't hurt him, but I very much want you to hurt him. <laughs> and then we're going to go find Tommy. Awesome. 
Yeah, all right, yeah, I'm on board. Great plan, let's do this. Now we're at the Firefly headquarters. Yeah, so at the military <clears throat> Firefly revolutionary cell fighting headquarters, they're fighting Fedra, mm -hmm. where Marlene is in charge. She walks into a room and there's a bunch of people gathered around a map, I think, and a woman is like, what is the point of any of this? What are we doing? Why do we have some random girl locked in a room? Right. And Marlene's like, you know what the point of this is, is to follow orders. Just shut the fuck up and follow my orders. And we find out that they have some important info. We don't know what it is uh -huh. from the radio tower in Salem. That's which city, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, in however, game, yeah. however, however, mm -hmm. um, just so you know, all that witch stuff yeah, yeah, happened yeah. in what is modern day Danvers. Salem Village <sighs> is now Danvers. So all the touristy stuff in Salem. It's a cute town. But it's some bullshit. I mean, it's adorable. Like it's it's really had a renaissance in recent years, too. Like, oh, yeah, I'm like sure. Hugely gentrified like it used to just be a kind of rundown cute town and uh -huh. now it's a like holy shit <laughs> the rich white people are here instead of just the regular white people that happened fast <laughs> so in the video game marlene is so much more terrifying than she is in this show oh really interesting so she's fucking like we're made to think that she is the main villain of this game for a while. And she like- Oh, we don't get that vibe at all in the show. Okay, but what I'm saying is, wait, are you being sarcastic? No, I think- Okay. No, 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 were... like, listen, no, like I... it's clear that the feds, whoever yeah. they are, yeah, yeah. are bad guys. They might not be the world's worst bad guys, but they're bad. Yeah, and yeah. then these revolutionary types we don't really know what's up with them, but they don't seem like they're bad. Right. And it's very much not like that in the game. The game is like... Everybody sucks. Everyone's yes, evil. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But like terrifyingly so. The Fireflies and Marlene, like if you cross them in the slightest way, you are dead. If, you, if she sees you breathing wrong, you are dead. She is fucking terrifying in the game. And... And that and so this is the same actress from the game. Yeah. Playing the same character. Yeah. In the show. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And good for yeah, her. Absolutely. And towards the end of this like whole episode in the game, we learn that she's not the bad guy. She's just trying to like revolutionize whatever. But we we learn to know her as we do in the show. It's just her beginning story is way more terrifying. Anyway, we go to the maybe. Fireplace. Maybe we'll get that begin like that backstory. I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think we're gonna get flashbacks for our major characters to learn how how they were normal once and now they are who they are. Perhaps that's usually how these things. Because come I down. mean, they <laughs> yes, because they do. They're gonna have to go through a network of fireflies all the way through. Oh, spoiler alert, fireflies stay relevant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Marlene's like, she lets everyone go except for the one woman who is questioning her. And she's like, look, we've been fighting for 20 years. Does it look like we're winning? We're not. 
we're getting the fuck out of the quarantine zone and we got to take this girl with us. She gives this woman a little piece of paper. She's like, this is what I got over the radio. This is why we got to go. We never find out what it says. But the, the woman's just like, yeah, all right, let's do this. She's like, I understand this came from Salem. Which city, a quaint <laughs> and gentrified town on the North Shore mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where the regional roast beef sandwiches are a thing unto themselves. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah. North Shore roast beef sandwiches. That's a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, we cut uh -huh. to uh, we cut to Joel and Tess, and they are trying to track Robert to a meet at Stillman and Cross. Those are real streets, man, <gasps> in the North End, dude. How many times have you walked past that? A billion. They oh planned to take the subway tunnel under Haymarket. Now, here's a missed opportunity by the show because uh -huh. it takes place in this tiny neighborhood, mm -hmm. what they also had available to them were colonial era smugglers tunnels <gasps> in real life. Oh, bro, they had no idea they were there. They don't know anything about Boston. So yeah, I mean, well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know if that's just like a longer backstory, but just like as a tidbit, I'm gonna share it with you. So That is so fun and I'm mad about it. Yeah, so the North End is right next to the waterfront and there's a hill and literally the founding fathers made their fortunes by smuggling shit through tunnels dug out of the North End that pop up in various places, including Copse Hill Burying Ground, which is a cemetery right at the top of Copse Hill in the North End and several buildings. Maybe all of these have collapsed by our time already. But like when I was a little kid, adults had like an oral tradition of like, oh, you used to be able to actually connect to it from this building. Ah. Uh. And I don't know how much of that is bullshit. Cause like <sighs> everyone talked about like they had an entrance in their own building. Man, that's amazing. I fucking love that so much. Yeah, that's uh. real shit. Damn. We cut to Veronica in her room chained up and Marlene walks in. Yeah, she's trying to get out of the chains. As Marlene, leader of the Fireflies, mm -hmm. slides a backpack to her. It's her it's her bag. It's her stuff. Yeah. She's like, dope. She goes through it and she finds her switchblade. She takes like, it out immediately. She loves switchblades. I love switch combs. I know. They're so fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can't lose. And she's like, okay, but unlock me. And she's like, okay, I saved you, right? I told them not to shoot you. You need to trust me. And she's, she's like, not She's not cool. asking that as a question. She's the leader. She is making declarative statements. Right, right, right. But she's very friendly at the same time. Yeah, she is. Scary, but friendly. I don't find her scary at all. I find her warm. Right, right. But she does have an air of like, I am the boss, don't fucking cross me, but I'm a good lady. No? All right, so- I, I, I could frankly go for a dose of scarier from her. Yeah, I agree. Veronica. Not that I'm like questioning her performance or the direction. Or no, whatever. not fine. at all. It's fine. 
Veronica's like, uh, is it going to happen? And Marlene says, no. So can I go? Uh, also, no. We get a little bit. We get a little bit of backstory about both yeah. these characters. We clearly learn that Marlene is the head of the Boston Fl- Fireflies and the Quarantine Zone. And uh, that she's the one who put this kid in the Fedra orphanage to keep her safe. And guess what? Huh. Her name was never Veronica. Her what? real life name, Ellie. Oh. Yeah. And so this kid has an important role to play, which we don't know what it is. Mm-mm. But she cannot tell anyone or she yeah. will surely die. Yeah. So Marlene lets her in on this secret, but tells her it absolutely cannot be repeated. Yes. And then we cut to Joel and Tess sneaking through a subway tunnel that's not in Boston. (laughs) I mean, there there are subways in Boston, but that's not where this is shot. And they they break into an office and and they get super scared by a skeleton who's stuck by fungus onto the wall. It is gross. Yeah. There's shit coming out of its mouth. It's skeletal. It is yucky. But this one's dead. Right. And Tess is like, maybe he got infected uh, outside. And Joel is like, maybe he got infected down here, dummy. So then they keep going. They got to go up this ladder. They get to this landing. And Tess is trying to open this door into a building. And it won't open. She's like, that's weird. It usually opens pretty good. And then they see blood dripping down from underneath the door. Instead of being freaked out by that, they (laughs) push the door open. Or Tess does. And Jill's like, maybe not so quick. And she does anyway. So there are dead bodies on the ground, including our Uh, old friend Robert. Oh, Robert. And it turns out that the battery he was ripping off everybody for was dead anyway. That's no fucking good. Hey, if you're even going to sell a corroded, nasty battery, why just not say that you have a battery and just not have a battery? How about that? You're going to take the money either way. Also, like, why are you fucking over? Everyone in this world is dangerous. Yes. Every every single person will kill another person for a reason or for no reason. So why are you blatantly testing these dangerous people who have other needs? Especially like, a full-on fucking gang that will murder you, no questions asked. So that's Everyone just knows. dumb and weird. Yeah, Robert's a fucking idiot. He, he, yeah, clearly. They hear a woman's voice down the hall, and uh, they go to investigate. And Ellie jumps out of her room to attack Joel, and he like throws her up against the wall. You can't sneak up on Joel. He's awesome. Right, and he like steps on her fallen switchblade, mm-hmm. and Marlene and the other woman are both injured and down the hall. So what has happened is Joel and Tess broke into the Firefly compound. How the fuck did these revolutionaries not know there was like a very easy access point to their fort? But also, did they not know they were going into the Firefly's headquarters? Apparently not, because they didn't expect to see those fireflies there. And everyone knows each other. They're like, Joel. And she's like, Marlene. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, they clearly have a past. Yeah. They have a history together. Here's the thing. They're not immediately happy 
to see each other. <laughs> Everyone's got guns pointed Aimed at, at each, each other, other in a standoff fashion. Mm-hmm. Marlene's like, don't point the gun at the girl, point it at me. Don't point the gun at the girl. So he does eventually. Yeah. So like, see right there, it's compromise and negotiation. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. can work together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And Marlene's like, look, I know that you're trying to find Tommy. Yeah, I, I hear everything. Uh, but my mission is way more important than one person. You need to help me. I will give you all the details, but you need to get this girl to the next location, wherever that is. I don't remember. Yeah. So you two, because I'm injured, mm-hmm. you're going to take Ellie. And when you get to the old state house, they will give you a fully fueled up truck ready to go. That's way better than a battery. Hell yeah. Tess is like, uh, let's talk about this real quick. They're like, uh, I don't know about this. Jill's like, uh, yeah, but these guys are connected and we'll probably have like military grade shit and it's going to be good. Let's just do this. And Marlene's like, uh, I'm bleeding out here. Could you hurry it up? And they're like, okay, fine. All right. They're going to do it. Yeah. Deal. It's a deal. And here's the thing. The girl, Ellie, is all that matters. And Marlene is like, Joel, don't fuck this up. And then she says, please. <laughs> See, she's nice. She is. But she's also clear. Yeah. Um, did you see the shot of the other woman's ear? Is all Yeah. Nasty. Yikes. What Ooh. the fuck happened that we didn't see? A firefight between Robert's dumbass people and hers. Over a battery sale. Don't fuck with the fireflies. The three of them, Ellie, Joel, and Tess, go back to their shitty apartment, and I will not back down. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, they shut Ellie up in a room and discuss their options, and it turns out they don't have many options. Yeah. yeah. Ellie uh, finds a number one hits Billboard charts book. She's thumbing through it and finds a piece of paper. It says at the top, B slash F, 60 nothing in 70 new stock 80 red x jill comes in and she's like who's bill and frank i found the note yeah it's obviously a smuggling code mm-hmm. he's basically like shut the fuck up and then she's like hey your watch is broken <laughs> oh the watch yeah the time motif mm-hmm. jill's like uh so what's your deal you some big wigs daughter or something yeah, something like that. Something like that. Mm. And then she also mentions that she's never been on the other side of the wall, but he has. Mm-hmm. Joel passes out. He's he's tuckered out. He's had a big day. And Joel wakes up from his nap, and Ellie tells him that he mumbles in his sleep. She just says some song came on, some and he's song. like, he's like, what was it? She's like, I don't know. They kept saying, wake me up before you go go. And he's like, fuck. And she's like, oh, trouble! I cracked your fucking code code broken <laughs> so then we see the them tunnel out of the walls and sneak through a drain pipe and they are about to pass a pissing soldier who sees them but it's his buddy that he sells drugs to but apparently he don't give a fuck he told yeah. him to stay in and he didn't so now he's pissed he's got orders mm-hmm. so and he they- health scans them and Ellie fucking sticks him with her switchblade and he's not happy about it. Yeah, and he's about <laughs> he's about to shoot them. Joel flashes back to his daughter Sarah and beats the guy to death. And Woof. Ellie 
is happy at this sight. She's like, holy shit, dude, that was tough. Right? So, like, she's a, she's a person who was born into this hellscape. Right. She doesn't know anything else. Right. There's nothing but violence in her world. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, three square city blocks. <laughs> Tess picks up the uh, tricorder thing, uh-huh. and it shows that Ellie has a red screen, which means she's infected. And she's and like, she... but no, 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 wait, I was infected weeks ago, and I'm still alive. I've been Look. alive for three weeks with this, and she shows them, like, her a stars. pattern on her arm. Mm-hmm. It's fine, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. And then we hear back at the apartment on the radio. Oh. I'm taking a ride with my best friend. There's a wide shot of the quarantine zone and we hear snarling sounds. Oh, in the night. I love the sound of the zombies. So good. The clicking. And that's the end of the episode. All right. So here's a quick note about just real life Boston geography. <laughs> Uh-huh. The old state house is like a brisk five minute walk from where they were. Not okay. not a tunnel. <laughs> There's no need to go far. Mm-hmm. All right, is that it? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. It's it's a really small area. Yeah. Do you know do you know where it is? No. No. It's it's on State Street. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 You know, the guy who composed the music for the game also did it for the series as well. Oh, cool. It's nice, I thought it right? was uh, very fun, atmospheric stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, what did you think? Dude, heavy Island of the Mushroom People vibes. <laughs> we know I think this. everyone was thinking it. Yeah. Heavy Children of Men vibes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tess is fucking amazing the woman playing tess is fucking awesome yeah she is and i totally forgot about her character a hundred percent well it'll be interesting for you to see how much it lines up and how much it diverges and then for me it's all completely unknown territory except of course for boston which is completely known (laughs) territory but, but I don't think that. I don't think we're ever going to see that no, again. No, I don't think so either. We're, we're out into the wilderness. Everything beyond Boston is the wilderness. <laughs> That's true always. What do you think about this? I'm so excited for this whole freaking series. From what I've heard, it's really close or it's going to be really close to the game. The first episode surely was, aside from Marlene being very sweet and understanding. So I don't think Ellie is the child of someone important because I don't think that there are important people anymore. But how could there be? Yeah, right. But if she is able to live with the infection, then that makes her like the new breed of human that we need to like understand in order like, you know, whatever the CDC is in this time we need to get her to that place so that they can crack the genetic code and like save humanity but i don't know maybe it's something else because apparently they knew that she was important from the time she was a baby so maybe she's been infected many times starting when she was a baby maybe they had some fucked up program of putting babies in harm's way 
or some shit like that. Yeah. Or to maybe like, to see like, okay, if any of them live, we got to keep them safe. <laughs> it seems like a horrible way to go about things. Yeah, but it's the apocalypse. Everything sucks. That's true. All right, you guys. Oh, my God. I can't Holy believe shit. how late That's it is. That's all the time we have for this episode. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. We're going to have a new episode for this every week. So fucking <laughs> show up, motherfuckers. That's right. Bye. Bye.